Hello and welcome to For the Love of Beer podcast. I am Phil Savory, joined as always by my good friend, Mark Carney-Johnson. Um, hello. For those of you new to the to the show, welcome. Myself and Mark are on a quest to drink 100 different beers from 100 different countries um, in accordance with our beer bucket list. Uh, today's uh, episode is uh, something a bit different in that we're actually uh, going back to a country that we've already done to drink, um, I would say, a twist on um, on, a, on a bucket list beer that we had. So we'd hinted at it before, um, in, in I think in the previous episode, um, so it's probably no great shock that we're going back to Brazil um, to take on Brahma Chop. So uh, Brahma was the was the bucket list beer, standard Brahma. We drank that, God, I, you know what, I was listening back to it, Mark, um, earlier today, and, uh, and we'd recorded that, I think it was last summer, and it feels like a lifetime ago. Really? During right. lockdown then, I presume, Right in was the it? midst of, yeah, it was, it was, it was during the lockdown. Um, I was, was it another online one then, I presume, yeah? It was one of our um, first ones that we'd done via Zoom. Um, Ooh. Pretty good episode, actually. I'd, I'd recommend people to go back and check it out if you if you haven't already. It was, it was one of our better ones. Um, so so yeah, so it was it was unsatisfying for us because the Brahma that we had that, that we're familiar with this in this country in the UK um, is brewed here in Luton. So you lose all of that Brazilian flavour, that kind of uh, that that kind of aura of, of of sort of the exotic is is gone when when your beer is basically brewed in Luton. Um, so you know we got to scratch it off the off the list, but it really felt like a bit of a uh, yeah. It, we just weren't happy with it the way things were left, and it's such a, a fascinating and interesting country um, that we thought we'd give Chop a go. Uh, Mark, where'd you get hold of the beer? Um, well, it came from our good friend Matt. It could have been Brazil Latino. Was it Ponto or Latino? Brazil? Yeah, Ponto, Ponto, Brazil, Latino. Yeah, it could have been, um, but to be honest, I'm not sure. I'm woefully unprepared for this episode. Um, but I know for any listeners who are trying to get hold of it, you can definitely buy it from Ponto, Brazil, Latino. While you're at it, you can get several others. Crystal, um, Quilmes, Cubanero comes from there. Yep. Loads and loads of beers on that website. So if you're after a big order um, get yourself on there it's fantastic absolutely brilliant but however it's probably going to now cost you a fortune in import charges which we're now finding out thanks to um lovely brexit but let's not get into that let's try and stay positive positive vibes yeah. only um yeah. it's hopefully what this beer deserves so um, brahma chop uh we've got it in a, a 350 mil can um, Ooh. so it's slightly taller than your standard can uh, it's 4.8%, so it's near your sweet spot. Oh, shit. Mark's gone straight in and uh, it's frothed up. I'm everywhere on my new carpet. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Yeah, I know. The new carpet. Oh, Christ. Oh, my Christ. Now, and now, now the I've phone's gone him. everywhere. I have no idea if he's even still with us. But you know You're what? looking at the at the desk. Can you still hear me? I, I, can, I can hear you, but I can't see you. There you go. I'm back. But Mark, oh uh, the, the reason God. that Mark's heightened panic is because he's just moved house. He's literally moved in this week um, and he's had new oh. carpets fitted. The decorators have been in. Um, so he's in this brand spanking new room and he's just... <laughs> oh, God, it's one of the only rooms we've had done and it's got 
fucking Brahma all over it already. Oh, no. Oh, well, that's not a great start, is it? A thousand so basically, and, and, a, and, a, and a cloth. That'd yeah, be, well, but, first, and then, a, and then a thousand and one the cloth. You come back to that in an hour, it'd be fine. Yeah, well, I've, for some reason, there happens to be a cloth in here that I've just rested it on on um, my uh, mid 18th century desk. Um, so yeah, happy days, right? Well, moving on from that, moving on, so the wife, you, you, can, yeah, you can take another attempt at your first sip while I just to talk a little bit about the beer. Yeah, well, basically, I was just catching it in my mouth, so I didn't really get a chance to savour it then. Well, then you can Go ahead. That. I'll leave you to do that while you while you sort of get your early thoughts. Beautiful. So, um, Brahma, so the, the brewery, we sort of covered this before, um, originally founded in 1888, um, eventually full, full, um, fell under the, uh, under the umbrella of InBev, um, which a lot of beers sort of um, succumb to around the world. Uh, the variant we're drinking now, Brahma Chop, is the is, is pretty much the um, commonly drank version of the beer in Brazil. So this is um, very much uh, the the Brahma that regular Brazilians um, should drink. Um, it, this was actually started in 1934, was when they started developing this, and have been making it obviously ever since. Um, so this is brewed in Brazil for Brazilians, and I personally cannot wait. Mark, what were your thoughts? It's already on the first sip a million times better than what we experience over here. It's absolutely unbelievably better. Now it's what, what I want to have experienced on the first go of drinking Brahma. I wanted to I wanted to wait to tell you this before you sipped it because I didn't want it okay. to affect your judgment. But when yep. looking at this beer earlier on, um, I discovered that this beer was put forward for selection for the World Beer Awards um, last year. And achieved a bronze, um, bronze status um, as an international lager. So this is wow. Last year, this was ranked in the top tier of world lagers. So what we're drinking now um, is is supposedly among the elite. So if the local one is as good as you know has been judged, why don't they just export that all over the world? No, I'm I mean not- it's quite obviously better than the one that we. You know, we're able to buy quite readily over here, so loads better. But I mean, I I, I don't know the answer to that. I wish I did, but um, but you can. Do you know much more popular in Brazil? Do you know which beers it was beaten by? How they do it? So where they show you on the website is they break down by category, and then you can go into the category and see the um the winning beer, so the sort of the gold medal, so the the number one beer, which was a beer from Japan which I apologise, I've forgotten the name of. Um, but you can look it up, it's on the internet. There's a Japanese beer that won gold. Then um, you have like um, different countries that basically had beers put forward or nominated. And you'll see beers, um, there's a couple in there that won silver. Uh, one of which, really oddly enough, was um, uh, a Dutch beer called Bavaria. Now, Bavaria here, I think we had that did we have that for our alcohol-free special? Because they they do a, a fairly well-known alcohol-free beer in the UK. Um, but anyway, Dutch brewery, um, Dutch beer called Bavaria, won a silver, which um, is I've seen it. I've bought that for like a pound a bottle in in a supermarket before and had that, and it was pretty average stuff. But that, it rings a bell, yeah. Yeah, I, you may have had it and, and just forgotten about it because it's a pretty forgettable beer. 
but that won a silver, um, strangely. Um, but I'll tell you what else won a, won, a, won a bronze, so it was ranked alongside this, was um, Superbock. So, um, you know, You're a big fan of that, aren't you? I'm a big fan of that, and I'm getting very similar vibes from this um, to Superbock. What's, what type of beer is this? Because I'm just looking on the World Beer Awards website now, um, and it, on World's Best Lager, it's not on there. It's, it's uh, international, the category is international lagers. Uh, I think I might be like on a, a different kind of beer awards here. I think you have to, have to go in and there's like drop down menus. Anyway, it's a, it's a bronze, it's a bronze award beer. So this is, you know, generally up there with some of the best, um, according to the World Beer Awards. I've got it now. Yeah, world's best international lager. Yeah, it's Yatsuga Taki Brewery from Japan. Interesting. Mm, interesting. In Portuguese. Uh, no idea. Far away. It means bull. But it's what about little... chop? What does chop mean? Uh, no idea. Sorry, didn't get that uh, far. Oh. I thought right. it was going to be it. <laughs> I'm link. I'm, I'm segueing into something. So, um, so Brahma in Portuguese translates as bull. However, it's got himself into a bit of hot water recently because Brahma okay. also has another meaning. So Brahma also happens to be the name of a Hindu god. So um, certain faith groups, um, a, a, a sort of a, a coalition. A faith coalition, essentially been lobbying, lobbying and protesting um, for them to change or get rid of the name. Um, but InBev have, have said no because obviously it's um, uh, it's a beer from a Portuguese-speaking country with a Portuguese meaning. So basically, told them to do one. But yeah, Bra- Brahma is the um, is the Hindu god of creation. So they have got like um, they've got a few, but imagine like. Uh, you know the the three tenors of Hindu gods. So you've got your big three. So you've got like your Pavarotti is your is Brahma, your your god of um, creation. Then uh, I'm trying to think of the other tenors. Um, Placido Domingo. For the younger listeners, they're going to be lost here because I think all three of these guys are dead. But anyway, um, so you've got Vishnu, who's the uh, the Hindu god, the preserver. And then you've got um, who was the other tenor? Carreras. Carreras. I thought you were going to say like Michael Ball or someone like that, <laughs> or Alfie Bow. <laughs> I think they're in there a notch below. Bless him. Uh, <laughs> although Michael Ball deserves a shout out for one of the best Eurovision songs that we ever submitted to not win Eurovision. He was a runner-up back in the, I think the early eighties or nineties. Was he really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He came second, and the song was an absolute banger. And uh, he was robbed. Wow. But anyway, the third third god um, is Shivu, the destroyer. So Brahma is seen as like the the main, like the the most the, the most you know the, the, the most I suppose well known, but they're the most one of the most important ones. So they got a bit miffed about that, but huh. InBev stood their ground and said and said no. And so the name remains, and, uh, and yeah, I think that's the right decision, all told. I mean, it's been around for years, so. Well, that's it. I mean, not as long as obviously a Hindu god, but you know. 1888. Mm. Taking them a while to complain, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, well. Hard luck, really. So we discussed a lot of, in terms of Brazil last time out, so I'm conscious not to re-treasure any of that. Um, but however, there were still a couple, because Brazil was such a, it was one of my favourite ones to do, actually, when, back when we did it, and listening back to it was really good as well, because it's one of the most interesting countries. It's a big country, diverse country, and lots of weird stuff about it. Um 
So I thought I'd just go back and do a bit more digging. Can I find anything else that, that we, that, you know, find things that we didn't have room for, time for, um, first time around? Because it was such a good country and it was so, um, so rich. Lots to find out, wasn't there? Yeah. Exactly. So um, something unusual about Brazilians. Um, Brazilians brush their teeth after every meal as, as, a, as a habit. So, you know, that... You Do know, they carry a brush around with them then? Yeah, so basically they'll they'll do that wherever they are. So if they go out, say to lunch to eat, or they're at work, or or out, or whatever, they will they will eat, and then they will immediately brush their teeth. So, you know, if they go out to a restaurant, they eat a delicious meal. They'll need to go and then brush their teeth afterwards. So, like a KFC in downtown Rio de Janeiro has probably got. As many sinks, you know, because like here, you don't really have many sinks. You only have like, you know, a massive row of urinals and then sort of two or three sinks because like you get quite a lot of people just don't fucking bother. And then yeah. you just sort of queue and, you know, whatever. But but would your sink to urinal ratio need to be one on one? Would you need one sink for every urinal? If, if you were designing a, a gents, is that how you'd do it? Or would you? I mean, over here, no, probably not because you. Generally, you don't wash your hands for as long as you piss, do you? No. So that's probably why you don't need as many. But you probably brush your teeth for a fairly similar amount of time as you would have a piss. True. So I'd say in Brazil, if the you know if the KFC scenario, it probably sort of goes hand in hand. But then again, KFC. I was going to say you you can't get a beer, but. England, well, Britain seems to be the only place that you can't seem to get a beer with a McDonald's or a KFC. So I could well be wrong there. Um, yeah. But yeah, what I was going to say is if you're having a few beers, obviously, once you've broken the seal, you know, you're going to be pissing for longer. Um, anyway, long way around that story. But but yeah, I mean, I think they're going to, they're going to need more sinks, aren't they? Yeah. Although, but the, but the weird um, thing that contradicts that is... So they're obsessed with brushing their teeth after every meal. However, um, a lot of the time, when it comes to brushing their teeth, they um, try to avoid using tap water because the because the sewage is so bad that really they, that they don't <laughs> that the, the water isn't necessarily um, drinkable or fit for use for for brushing your teeth. So it's like, would you carry like a toothbrush and a, and a bottle of water or something? And do how does that work? I don't know. But anyway, that was quite interesting. Sticking with bathrooms, um, in every, I mean, right. Simple question: Do you have a little bin, a bin in your bathroom? Um. Yes. Yeah. Most people do, right? But but in terms of what you put in it, you know, is is thing on no cotton buds or whatever. But um, in Brazil. Uh, a lot of people, especially, I mean, I know this, this is in like Rio de Janeiro and I'm sure other, other big cities are the same. Um, you can't flush your loo roll because the, the drain is sitting in the sewage is so bad that um, it can't handle, um, it can't handle flushing. It, you know, it could take your turd and it could take a piss and whatever else. So it could take, you know, bodily fluids and things, but it can't take Things like you know toilet rolls and wet wipes and whatever else. That's shocking, isn't it? Well, ours so, can't take wet wipes, can it? To be fair, yeah, but yeah, so toilet to, roll is a bit extreme. So you have to basically wipe your ass, and you have to have a you have to have a you know every 
it's non-negotiable. You've got to have a bin because you need somewhere to put your loo roll where you wipe your ass. So you've basically got to wow, got to keep that in your bath. So imagine that having like, especially if you've got, if you have a bad one, you know, one that takes a good few wipes. Do you know what I mean? Imagine having. But imagine, you know, like when you go past a landfill site over here, it stinks. Can you imagine what it must smell like over there? Yeah, I mean, it, Jesus, it's more just that it's. it's Although I mean, it's some. That's vile, isn't it? You're aver- I mean, how many how many wipes on average does it take you? Uh, I think I feel like doing an Alan Partridge thing here, like when I'm, I'm washing myself. I feel like I should do a, a test. So I don't. You're, you're on the toilet. You're having a shit. You wipe. Well, probably take... three or four. I'd imagine three or four. Yeah, it depends on you know what you've been eating, one, doesn't a, it? A, a normal one, I think, would be two. Two gets the job done for me. Do you do you go um, how many sheets at a time? Um, two folded, personally. Two folded. I see. I'm, yeah. I I like to indulge myself, and I go for three. But it depends where the toilet paper's come from as well. That's another entirely oh, so different matter. Apply, then you'll layer up, and you'll go for more. Whereas if it's like a. Yeah, like if if the wife's been shopping at like Aldi or Lidl or something like that, and comes back with you know one of their own, then you know you're in trouble. Um, whereas if I've been out and I bought Cushell, yeah, we're all right, happy days. Yeah, you, know, you get away with one Cushell to be fair. Andrex quilted, it's brilliant. Yeah, not a fan of Andrex. I used to have the ones with the puppies on. Um, you know, just for the sheer fact it's got dogs on, really. But you know, in hindsight, when I've used it since. Um, I'm not a fan of Andrex. I'm not. Cushell all the way. I mean, the Andrex. I think the Andrex quilters and the Cushell. There's, there's, there's not too much between them. Um, you know, I'm not massively fussy as long as it's a brand that I know. Yeah. Knowing trust, not yeah, to put exactly. your finger through. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> cheese. <laughs> cheese. So. Um, Cheese, uh, like most countries in the world, everyone eats cheese. Very popular in Brazil. So popular, in fact, and so commonplace on food menus and restaurant menus and whatever, that um, cheese is just marked with the letter X. So basically X marks the cheese. So because um, the reason why they do that is because it's basically an abbreviation. So when you're looking at a menu or whatever, or for example, a cheeseburger would be like an X X Tudo is like basically means cheeseburger type of a variant of cheeseburger in Brazil. So um, the reason why they use the letter X is because um, phonetically how they say it um, is very similar to how they pronounce cheese. So yeah, that's that's why they they do it. You're looking at me confused. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. So basically, <laughs> when you see if you're if you're in Brazil. And you see like a something on a on a menu, and there's an X. It means it can take. It means with cheese or without cheese. Or so it's not like an X-rated burger or something. No. So triple X, a triple X, um, just means three lots of cheese, not you know something else like a ham shank. Well, that could bring a whole host of issues, wouldn't it? Because you remember them three or triple X strong mints. Yep. You know, if a Brazilian happens to be over here, they're thinking they they're going to buy a tube of cheese. Cheesy mints. Yeah, they're going to have a big problem when they put some of them in their mouth. Like, if they whack a few of them down, it'd blow their head off, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm. Or Castlemaine 4X. Maybe they're thinking they're going to get a can of cheese or something. 
Speaking of, uh, oh, you've just set up a beautiful segue for me. Speaking of triple X action, motels. So motels aren't necessarily a, a, a for in a sort of inner city Brazil, aren't necessarily sort of a touristy type thing. Um, they're actually sort of like fuck fests because um, in Brazilian culture. Um, a lot of um, younger people um, stay at home for longer before they get to move out and get a place of their own, etc. So when they want to bring back a lover, so you've been out on the pool or out on a date and it's gone really well, it's very taboo to bring them home. So, you know, if mum and dad are in or, or whatever, um, it's, just a no, it's just an absolute no. It's just a taboo thing. It doesn't happen. So they check into hotels. So basically if it's... Uh, the, the, you know you go for a nice date it's gone really well there's no do you want to come back to my place you just basically have to book into a hotel and just get knobbing and uh and, and basically pay wow. for it yeah wow that's cool isn't it yeah <laughs> well yeah. while we're on that subject could i possibly talk about a famous brazilian uh yeah um i am of course talking and i don't know if we've already covered this before but I'm, I am, of course, talking about the Brazilian wax. Brazilian wax? Oh, right. Yeah, I thought you were talking about a person. <laughs> not like, not like ruby wax. <laughs> um, did we wax. cover it last time? No, we didn't. Go ahead. We didn't. Oh, well. My automatic assumption when I was Googling this this morning on my way to work was that it originated in Brazil. But it didn't. It originates in New York. Um. So, basically, it came about because um, Brazilian Rocks was born here in New York, not Brazil, says Jonas Padilha of the J Sisters Salon in Manhattan, which pioneered the treatment in the early 1990s. Um, a lot later than I thought. I would have thought it would be, you know, like 70s sort of bush. I would have thought that it, it would have come around from that in, you know, sort of trying yeah. to fashion it a bit. But it wasn't. It was the early 1990s. Um, so basically it says, um, this Janice Padilla, um, says it's their idea was for, to give you the freedom to have whatever you want, you know, shape wise, you know, heart or, you know, stars and stripes, you know, whatever. Um, basically Janice is the youngest of seven Brazilian sisters, all whose names all begin with a J. So Jocelyn, Jania, Joyce, Juracy, Jussara and Judsia. Uh-huh. It became known collectively as the J Sisters because nobody could get the names right. So their salon is popular with the rich and famous. They make up to $6 million a year on waxing, hair and nail treatments. Uh, but it came about because... Um, oh, no. I've just gone off it. There we go. Right. Um, so their father forbade them from going out unchaperoned and was afraid it wasn't safe for them to work for other people so but when he went bankrupt his daughters um started to bring money and by offering beauty treatments from their backyard so it became the daughters were the main breadwinners in the house and they ended up opening three salons in manhattan um and after school they were sort of all hanging around and you know doing stuff like this and they weren't waxing muffs in the back garden were they uh, no, I think that was more sort of beauty treatments like nails and hair and stuff like that. Right. Um, but then obviously once they'd opened their salons and 
1987s, they opened their first full nail salon in uh, 57th Street. Um, and then a few years later, at the start of the 90s, it began offering their, as yet at that point, unnamed extreme bikini wax. It removed all pubic hair from below, not just at the sides. Um, <laughs> and their signature wax had been invented by their sister, Jania. It's a funny story, actually, says Malin. Back in the late 70s, Jania was in Bahia with her husband having a beer and some fried fish on the beach. She was admiring a beautiful girl, but as she walked past, Janir was horrified by the pubic hair protruding from the back of her tiny bikini. The image, it was like a mirror that shattered. <laughs> so she thought, the next thought was, why do we have hair? So her suspicion was confirmed, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, locked herself in a room, uh, in a waxing booth with a mirror, obviously, you know, because as you do, Mm. Um, and after about three hours of painful experimentation, came out feeling <laughs> fabulous. Her words. Uh, then she convinced her co-workers to do the same. They were like, oh, my God, I don't feel ashamed when I'm in bed with men. That's what they said. I mean, that. Um, imagine that. That three-hour waxing journey of discovery. That's yeah. like, you know, you know, in years to come, that could be thought of just like when man discovered the wheel. You know, those <laughs> where... Those those moments where you know where humanity evolves to to a great discovery. It's crazy, isn't it? So it says, but there was a problem. So they were coming under pressure from rivals. The early nineties had seen a boom in online pornography, which increasingly featured hairless actors and models. They said it's very practical for pornography, but it's just very, very practical for pornography. But it's just very practical for sex. Said a filmmaker. That doesn't make sense. Anyway. Um, uh, magazines at the time, Playboy and Penthouse, such as, were also showing little or no pubic hair. Um, and she says that the Playboy called the salon, claiming that they'd come up with the idea first, but they said, no, this is ours. We do this for the porno side. Um, Janice's defence was to say, this is how the name comes about, that it was just what everyone in Brazil did. I said that we were introducing our culture to America. So that's why all over the world it's known as a Brazilian I played it that way so that they would leave me alone, but it started here, New York, not there. So there we go. Interesting. Um, and then they were consulted for shows such as Gossip Girl and Sex and the City. Sarah Jessica Parker goes to their salon to get her growler waxed. <laughs> says that, well, not in them exact words, but it says that to that effect on the BBC website. Oh, and I, will I was now... going to say, please tell me it said growler on the BBC website. No, unfortunately, it doesn't. And I now shall now shut that page down from the BBC News website so that when my wife goes on the iPad tomorrow morning, she doesn't then come to me saying, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. The most famous Brazilian of them all. I mean, my, my always go-to for Googling anything weird is for the pod. Yeah, well, my schoolboy error here is doing it on the wife's iPad. So, uh, yeah, I've yeah. fucked it up a bit there. I've, I'll make sure that I close everything down. Just go, just go incognito, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, you right. got anything more Brazilian for me? Um, not especially. Um, we'll, do, we'll do, I think, something at the end. Um, uh, it might be shit, but I just I thought it'd be fun to do because we didn't really discuss anything, anything much along these lines last time around. But, um, okay. Just a bit on the beer, because we've not really discussed much of the beer at all in terms of taste. Um, first of all, it's it feels, it tastes, um, it's almost like a familiar taste of beers that I like, 
it reminds me of beers that I like. Um, I wouldn't say that it feels particularly like, oh, this feels like a Brazilian beer or, or, or whatever, but it does have a, a feel and a style to it that's right in the, the sort of the sweet spot of the type of beers that I would like to drink. As a barbecue beer, brilliant. Definitely barbecue beer. Yeah. It's really easy to drink, nice flavour to it. It's not, you know, it's not particularly bland. Um, it's not particularly heavy going. It's a nice sort of session type beer, great warm weather beer. See whether Brazilians drink it. Definitely. Um, I think it might be too might be too working class for the ambassador. Yeah, again, I agree. I can't really argue that one. I, I just don't think the ambassador would like to see any of this on his table, really. No. Um, I can't argue that. Absolutely not. It's, I can't describe how much better than the standard Brahma that we get that this is. It's so much better. Oh, it's light, it really is. It's light years ahead. Um, Anyone that's listening to this that's going to be doing the the, um, the scratch map, make sure you get Brahma Chop. It's so much more better. You'll have a better experience. Definitely. Definitely. And uh, yeah, don't feel like you're cheating the list by doing it because honestly, the, the, the standard Brahma, the UK Brahma, is um is really not worth not worth the time and investment when you can get the order this stuff online. And to be honest, cost wise, although you might delivery might be an issue depending on where you're getting it from, but by and large, cost wise, it's not it's not a stupid amount to get hold of this beer um, no. compared to others recently that we've uh, um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, right before we get to ratings, I just want to play a, a little game with you yeah a quick one. Because it's it's almost impossible to mention Brazil without also mentioning football. Oh, obviously, yeah. Um, Yoga Benito, which I think is the beautiful game. I could be wrong. It probably doesn't mean that at all. Um, so what I thought was sort of draft style, um, pick a five-a-side Brazilian team. You know, um, one takes a turn, the other takes a turn. Um, rush goalies, you'd have to pick a goalie. So it could be five outfield, um, you know, rush goalies. I don't know whether you want to go first or um, go, can I'll we let st- you go first. Okay, can we start anywhere on the pitch then? Anywhere you like. It's draft style, so just pick pick whichever one you want. Okay, most. right. Well, I'm going to say Roberto Carlos. I think Boom. he'd make a fantastic five-a-side okay, um, so player. Bombing forward. Carlos. I will yeah. go next. I will go Ronaldinho. Now, there's a good shout. Again, Tricks can't knock that, can you? Yeah. Do not expect it. Uh, yeah. Um, Ronaldo. Yeah, it's a solid choice. Solid the, choice. He's a perfect example of our sort of youth um, sort of era, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I don't think you could Unbelievable possibly... Player. Yeah, I mean, like, he's, like he went a bit is... fat. Yeah, it's like shame his uh, his knees were made of biscuits. Otherwise, I think he would have been even better for, you know, his absolute peak. He was insane, and then he he was still really good afterwards, but not not quite the same. Uh, okay, cool. I'm um, next. I'm going to go uh, my second player. I'm going to go Cafu. Cafu. Now there's a shout. Yeah, yeah. solid, solid all rounder. Cafu. Definitely. Um, how far back are we going with this? However far back you like, I suppose. I mean. Do you want to Pele? bring anyone back? Yeah, Pele. Yeah, I mean, Pele. can't really 
deny him a, a place on the team, can we? I mean, how he quite keep up with any of these people, I don't really know. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's got to be in there, surely. Oh, man, that's a big one. Okay, so I will go for my third one. I will go with Zico. Slightly, Zico. Before, slightly before my time, but a great player, and I've only really watched him on highlights and from old games, but I think he'd do well. You're next. Two more to go. Um, Rivaldo. Good choice. Go with Another next. one from that era. I will next go for Bobby Firmino. Just I was wondering how long it would take to get a Liverpool player, actually. Just a bit of flair um, and, and likes to feature a bit like Ronaldinho. I think those two would have a lot of fun. Just having a look through the... Oh, yes. How could I forget? Um, a player I've seen live. Um, one that never really quite lived up to sort of eventual expectations, but Kaka. Yes. I saw him live. Phenomenal. Brilliant choice. Uh, right, so I've got a defender. I've got... Mm, I could probably do with a bit of an all-rounder. Hmm. Tricky one, this. You know what? I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for Dunga. Dunga, yes. Dunga. Um, captain of the 94 team. Purely because he's going to throw a few tackles in. And I feel like you've got... You have got the, the better team. And I need someone who can basically stick a couple of reducers. Um, on some of your lot. Yeah. Basically snap for a uh, while though. <laughs> I'd give you I'd give you the edge on that one. I think you've drafted better than me. So hold on. Right, should we rate this beer? I think we should. Okay, right. Go fingers. Yeah, let's go fingers. Ready when you are. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Okay, you've gone for seven. I've gone for eight. Do you uh, know I nearly went for an eight? I, I was debating it and then well, I've, I've rated it how because it reminds me so much of Superbox. I've rated it how I would rate Superbox, so that's kind of yeah. why I've done that. However, I'm willing to go seven and a half. Like yeah, I, said, I mean, it's not, it's not elite tier, but it, but I've it's the it's just the kind of beer that I enjoy. Um, and I'm I wouldn't happy. go as far as saying it's top three in the world kind of material either. No, not compared to other stuff that we've had. But I'm sure it changes no. every year. And it, I guess it depends on what gets submitted, you know. But but really good. Really enjoy it. Um, I, 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 you say I wouldn't go as far as to put it right in the elite tier. Um, however, as a South American beer, it gets edged out by Kilmes for me. But it's but it's not a million miles away from it. It is, it is um, something I'd happily re- return to and drink again. I agree. Definitely. Uh, right. Well, I'll tell you what, Mark, where, where can people find us on the socials? Um, at FTLOBpod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Obviously, don't forget to give us a, a positive review on Apple Podcasts or whatever else it is that you, I think you downloaded us. Do it. Yeah, five stars, please, because that um, apparently is good. Well, yeah. thanks again um, for joining us. Uh, we'll be back uh, in a couple of weeks with um, with a brand new beer. Um, so I'll just tease that now. Something from Asia that, um, that we've managed to get hold of that we're quite excited about. So we'll be back with that in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, stay safe. Um, there's not a lot of good things going on at the moment, it feels like, um, in the world. Uh, but uh, you know what? Just We've just got to keep our chins up and keep ploughing through. 
and uh, we'll be here for you um, in limited fashion, providing sort of three quarters of an hour of shit podcast content for you every couple of weeks. So uh, you'll know where to find us. And uh, yeah, stay safe, everyone. And uh, we'll be back soon. All I want to do is drink beer for breakfast. <laughs>